Welcome to Behind the Scenes Podcast. This show is full of stories, creative ideas, questions, and challenges with the hope of igniting and equipping you to be more intentional with your life. On this podcast, we take you behind the scenes of whatever we're learning and loving. Each episode will get you thinking about things you haven't before, spark meaningful conversations in your own life, and ignite you to love more creatively and intentionally. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. We wanted to start today's podcast by updating you guys on how many kids we have sponsored so far this season. As we've mentioned, we are partnering with Compassion for this entire podcast season. They're an incredible organization. They help kids around the world get sponsored so that they're able to have access and be provided things like food, school supplies, medical care, all the necessities that a lot of kids don't have access to. So it's an incredible organization. Our goal for this season was to sponsor 300 kids, and we are currently at 61. So 61 kids have been sponsored. That is incredible. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. But we're not quite halfway yet. So (laughs) let's keep going. We want to invite you guys to sponsor a kid um, and you do that through our unique URL. And if you do sponsor a kid, we will send you a free copy of our new book, Creative Love. We'll send you a free copy if you sponsor a kid. There's two ways to do that. You can text ROLLOFF to 83393, or you can go to our unique URL, which is compassion.com backslash ROLLOFF compassion.com backslash Roloff or text Roloff to 83393. Sponsor a kid. Uh, It's an incredible opportunity to not just change their life, but I can tell you from experience, it changes your life as well. Mm -hmm. And we'll send you a free copy of Creative Love. So let's do it. We're at 61. Our goal is 300. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has already signed up to sponsor a child because you really are changing the lives of the kids that you're sponsoring. Um, It's a beautiful organization, something that Jeremy and I have both been doing our entire marriage, but also something I've been doing my entire life growing up. And if you have kids, this is a great way to invite your kids into being a part of something where you are serving and giving to others and um, just giving them an example of how to do that. So I was grateful that my parents said that for me growing up and we're still sponsoring Compassion Children today. So Yeah, definitely. And also, if you guys have any questions about Compassion and, or anything specific, and you ask the question on our Instagram feed posts on Beating 50%, they will actually get back to you, engage with you, and answer your questions. They are, yeah, they're they're kind of... They're kind of waiting to see if anyone has any questions. So you can so, do that as well. Again, text roll off to 83393 if you want to sponsor a compassion child today. And we'll send you a free copy of our new book, Creative Love. And with that, we are excited to talk to you guys today about Valentine's Day, but also more broad than that, special occasions and yeah. holidays. And how you can make them memorable and special without them becoming stressful and points of conflict Mm -hmm. um, or mismanaged expectations and things like that. So we are going to talk about... um, Well, then we're also going to go down a little bit of memory lane. Yeah, we thought it would be fun just in light of obviously Valentine's Day, which is a special occasion. But Valentine's Day for us is really special not just because we like to celebrate our love on Valentine's Day, but five years ago, we 
launched Beating 50% on Valentine's Day. So it's always been just a cool day for us to reflect back on kind of how this community has grown and what we've done over the past five years through Beating 50% and its mission and its community. And so we thought it'd be fun to just kind of reflect back with you guys because so many of you have been with us since the beginning of when we first launched Beating 50%. And yeah. it was a blog and we did our, you did our seven day marriage challenge with us and you had the pink navigators council journal. <laughs> so we just thought it'd be fun to go down memory lane yeah. a little bit with you guys. And, and, and lots of you guys have been with us since the launch, which is um, just amazing. And we just want to say thank you and appreciate yes. that so much and are excited for this year and what we have in store. And we, we hope to be launching and bringing a lot more value this year as well, which we will update you guys on, probably not this podcast, but in the near future. Yeah. And at the end of this episode, we are going to be announcing a really fun giveaway that we don't want you to miss out on. So um, stay tuned to the end. Really exciting giveaway to celebrate our five-year anniversary of beating 50%. And with that, we're going to start talking about Tri- special occasions, triple pomp and that. circumstance, Yeah, how you can celebrate Valentine's Day, but also just holidays and special occasions in your life and your marriage. So, babe, do you want to start or? Yeah. Well, last week we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how to commemorate special occasions Mm -hmm. or any event really. When we were sharing about lock it in. And And so uh, today we're going to talk about expectations surrounding specifically special occasions, holidays, so that they don't turn into a stressful day, but can actually continue and remain. Uh, wow, that was kind of sloppy special. how I said that. Special. <laughs> <laughs> so that they don't turn from what was meant to be a special day into a stressful day. That's which what I was we've trying seen to get out. And experienced firsthand in our own relationship that yeah. it can happen if you're not managing expectations and just really being honest about what kind of expectations you have surrounding holidays and special occasions. And I think it does kind of go all the way back to like how you were both raised and brought up to celebrate certain days. You know, how did you and your family, like how Jeremy's family celebrated 4th of July was different than how my family celebrated 4th of July. How Jeremy's family celebrated Easter was different than my family. And how Jeremy's family celebrated birthdays and Valentine's Day, different than mine. So there was a learning curve in the beginning for us of just, first of all, coming to understand how we were raised to celebrate these things or not celebrate them at all. Or some of those holidays or special occasion days were actually more painful than they were fun or special because of certain memories or things that might've happened on them. And so it really took the first few years of our relationship to kind of iron that out. And we learned from some failing moments on special occasions, uh, just, you know, our differences, but also our similarities. And so uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about that, specifically managing expectations when it comes to special occasions and holidays. And we actually created a free PDF calendar that many of you may have already gotten. If you pre-ordered our book, Creative Love, you should have got it. But even if you didn't pre-order Creative Love and you have a copy of Creative Love, uh, we actually give the link to this in the book. But It's essentially a calendar that will help you. It has all of the major national holidays on it. 
Yeah. And also it has a spot for like your birthdays and your anniversary. And basically it gives you a chance to kind of sit down with your spouse. It's a one-time practice where you just print this little PDF out and you sit down with your spouse and you walk through your expectations for each of those holidays. And um, there's just a few simple yeah. questions for each of the days. I don't have it pulled up right now, dear. Do you have it? I don't, up? but yeah, you walk through your expectations, but really just kind of map out what you want to do. Where do you want to go? Do you always camp the first day of summer? You know, do you always go somewhere for 4th of July? And it's just an initial sharing of what you want and desire because mm-hmm. missed expectations is really the, uh, the inability to meet what someone wants or desires. And so like, for example, just at a silly dinner party, if your spouse isn't feeling very well and wants to leave early or wants to maybe is feeling great and wants to stay late and you're the one feeling bad, if you don't know what your spouse wants or desires, you cannot meet them. So when it comes to special occasions, when tensions are usually high or the holidays, when everything is increased and you know there's so much to do, we created this resource really so you can at least once in your marriage have the conversation about what you yes. want and desire out of all of these events throughout the year. And I will say it's probably easier to have this conversation on a non-holiday day, like just on a random, oh, for you know, sure. maybe it's one week when you're doing the marriage journal. Once you're well, done, you go through this. But yeah. uh, I will read that. I, I found the questions, so I'll just read them off really quickly for you guys. You can find this resource at theroloffs.com backslash pages backslash creative dash love dash resources. Well, yeah, you don't need to put the dash. You just type in creative love resources, but you just go to the rolloffs.com. And if you go to creative love, it's a page. It's at the bottom of the page, right? It's at the bottom of the page. Yeah. So basically for each holiday, it walks you through a few questions that you can ask. I'll read them for you guys in case you just want to write them down right now. If you're um, in a place where you can take a note. So, for example, for Valentine's Day, on this day, we want to celebrate blank. What do we love or not love about this day? Our favorite old traditions, possible new traditions, top two essential things on this day. Like, here's the two things. I think this one's really crucial for, like, the big holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays where there can be a lot of pressure and expectations from outside people, Maybe Valentine's Day isn't as good of an example for that. But, you know, what are the two things that we really want to do this day that, like, if we only did those two things, we'd be happy? (laughs) It's a win. Those are the main five questions. So, basically, you just go through those five questions for each of the holidays. Um, You know, you might not even fill out the whole thing, but just going through it and having a broad overview will probably spark some conversations in your marriage. Maybe you've never talked about how you grew up celebrating birthdays in your family. And maybe you've had certain expectations in your marriage for how your husband would celebrate your birthday or how your kids would celebrate your birthday that you've never communicated before. Yeah. And at its root, this is really just understanding one another. It's rude? I thought you said it's No, rude. at its root. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's understanding one <laughs> like, another. It is rude. So mu- and again, like you could practically call us the question people. We just feel like questions yeah. cut through so much noise and they skip ahead years and years of learning from experience and they just get right to what you need to know because yeah. you took the time to ask the question. So a lot right. of this is just understanding each other cuz like if I was never asked mm-hmm. what I value about uh, 
anything. Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> then Odd would be left to learn from experience and missed expectations and me not communicating because I'm a nine and a dude and don't like to really sometimes. And so it's like, instead of years and years of that, she just asked me. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, let me this, you know? And then we, we just have it. We know, and she can understand me. I understand her. So that's kind of the core of this. And questions are such a good way to cut through so much stuff. Also, it's a great way to not awkwardly uh, set up this like time to chat about something. So like if you're driving to your in-law's house to have dinner and the kids are in the car and you turn over to your spouse and you just ask them a question, that's a lot easier than saying like, honey, like... You want to talk about yeah, this? Yeah, like when can we go on a date night and talk about like holidays and stuff? Like if Audrey did that to me, I, you know... It would be, I'd be less inclined than I would to like answer a couple questions in the car or me ask her a couple questions in a car. It's just, it's a much easier way to do it. Yeah. And I, the only reason I say that is because one of the most asked questions we get is, you know, how do I get my husband involved? How do I get him interested? And I'm just saying, well, one reason, start somewhere. One reason we like questions is because it doesn't need to be this huge thing. It's just a question in the car or a question Mm -hmm. before you, you know, watch Netflix at night or read books or whatever it is. Like Right. And everyone's personality and relationship is different. So for some of you, it might be that you plan out a day to go through this whole thing. And for some of you, it might be start somewhere. Just start with one question, you know? Um, it's kind of like, I just, this example popped into my head, but it's kind of like your times in the word with the Lord when you're single are so different from your times in the word with the Lord when you have one, two, and I'm assuming three, four kids. Yeah. It's like, you know, before, like when I was in college, I would have my coffee. It was like a two hour journaling session, reading, asking questions, like listening to worship music. And I had this whole setup thing and yeah, I had to have like my spot full, full with my cozy blanket. Night. Right. It was like, there was just like, you know, expectations surrounding that. Whereas now my expectations, I very much Lord, shifted. I have the Bible open. <laughs> High five. <laughs> and I just, um, and not to undermine the importance of reading your Bible. You should read your Bible. But I'm just saying my expectations for it have shifted a lot. And, and like to your point of lean over in the car and just ask the freaking question, sometimes my time in the word or time with the Lord is the five minutes that I have in the car by myself yeah. or the 10 minutes during my run when I yeah. can clear my mind, turn off my music and just pray, you know, yeah. it's those little windows where you're starting somewhere because I think sometimes we put so much pressure on like it having to be perfect before you even talk about it, before you even engage in the question it has to be this perfect date night setup. And it's like, you'll never talk about it if you're always waiting for that. Yeah. You'll never read your Bible if you're always waiting for that, you know, and I think about it with parenting too. Like, You'll never tell your kid the thing that you want to tell your kid if you're waiting for the perfect moment to tell your kid. Like, I think about with Jared and I all the time in parenting, like, we will just randomly tell Ember things because we're like, crap, I, I hope Ember knows that she can't get in a car with a stranger. Hey, Ember, like, just randomly at the dinner table, never get in a car with a stranger. But then we'll, like, walk her through an you know, example and like, or something. But well, it's just, like, and, something and guys, that, we like, also <laughs> learned something that was... uh Wow, I'm going to rant on this, but... And I'm already ranting, but... Yeah. <laughs> One interesting thing about that is, I forgot who told us this, babe, or where we heard this, but we, to get the point across Ember, we're like, don't ever go anywhere with anyone that you haven't eaten dinner with. Mm-hmm. And that's just a way for her to, like, immediately 
translate that type of relationship with who she should be spending time with. Mm -hmm. And anyways, that was just an interesting thing that we did. I remember, but yeah, totally, totally randomly tangenting down the rabbit hole here. Wow. How did we get there? Dreaming together. (laughs) Um, Okay. Back to special occasions, managing expectations, celebrating holidays together. Okay. Specifically Valentine's day for Jeremy and I. So we, have been doing something for the past how many years have we been doing? Three years? Four years? Maybe? Three, three. Uh, where basically this, this is our third. And this kind of goes back to like two or three podcasts ago when we talked about the importance of spontaneity, suspense, and surprise, which you should go listen to that episode if you haven't. But Jeremy and I were the type of people that like surprise. So we'll just preface it with that. Uh, we like adding suspense and spontaneity into our relationship. And so we it was hard for us the first few years of our marriage to both try to surprise each other with doing something for Valentine's Day or our anniversary when we're like trying to celebrate the thing together, but then like we would schedule things on top of each other or we wouldn't be able to surprise each well, other. No, no. We it would, was just we would really just end up talking about it and there would be or no, be no surprise. There'd be no yeah, surprises. Because exactly. we're like, exactly. well, like I think we should do this. We kind of tried both, but yeah. Yeah. Which and is so to, which is a totally fine way of doing it. We have some friends who trade off every other year on their anniversary and Valentine's Day. One person plans their anniversary that year and that other person plans Valentine's Day and then the next year they switch. And so Jeremy and I decided that we were going to start doing this because we thought, great, this is perfect. Takes the pressure off of having to do both, feeling like you both have to do both. So like, I know that this year, on Valentine's Day, this is my year to plan. Jared doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to worry about planning anything. He doesn't have to worry about childcare. Go like he gets to be surprised and loved, and it's going to be fun. And I'm excited. And I know for our anniversary this year, I don't have to worry about it. like it's a trade off every other year. Yeah. And so that is just fun. And also for us in our relationship, because our anniversary is in September and Valentine's Day falls in February, it's not that Jeremy and I are like these. these really big valentine's day people like it's It's just just that like nice mid-year thing it's a nice mid-year way to celebrate your love and your marriage which is we believe a really important thing to do that's why we always say on our anniversary we treat it like a national holiday we take work off we plan we like uh (laughs) uh-oh teething baby um we plan for it and oh boy (laughs) Okay. Do you want to cut it or do you want to? No, wait? you got to go up and rock him, and we will be back in one second. All right, we're back. Bodie woke up. I think he's pushing some molars. So we don't quite remember exactly where we left off, but we expectation were, management. Yeah, we were talking about expectations and holidays and all that. And so we're going to jump right back in here with a few ways that we can help protect our relationships in the heat of holidays and during special occasions with expectation management. And so we'll just go through a couple of things real quick. Uh, Number one is something we call quite simply and bluntly practicing expectation management. (laughs) And you guys have, if you've been listening to us for any length of time, you've probably heard us talk about this. It is a super simple way that uh, we practice expectation management. We do it not just when it comes to special occasions and holidays. We do it on a regular basis, 
but it's yes. a, we've noticed in our relationship that it's extra important to do it around special occasions and yes. holidays because but we typically do it, for us, like we do conflict this. arises around those times. Yeah. We do this like going, hanging out with friends, going to date night, like yeah. pretty much anytime. Anyway, in the car, when we're going, wherever we're going, or before we go, wherever we're going, we just simply look at each other, grab each other's hand, or just ask each other, what are your expectations for this? Mm-hmm. Excuse it's me. seriously not rocket science It's at not all. rocket it science. very simple. But again, we're all about being intentional. That being intentional about asking that question has just been so helpful. So mm-hmm. as obvious as it might be, sometimes we need to be told the obvious things and be encouraged to actually do them. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us know what to do. It's just, you know, being inspired and ignited to actually do it is yeah. kind of the deciding factor. So, Like a lot of you will listen to this right now and you go, yeah, yeah, that oh, all sounds great. like a good thing to do. And I bet You'll you... Three of you will do 10% it. 10% of you will try it. <laughs> and it's like, really, we are here to tell you Try it. Just do it. Just see what the payoff is one time. By trying it once, you're not committing to doing it forever. Yeah. You know, like just the next time you're going to go somewhere where there might be expectations, there might be next time you're going to go to your in-laws, next time you're going to go, I don't know, on a date night, whatever. Turn to your husband. Just ask, hey, hey, what's your expectations for tonight? Joey, what are your expectations for tonight? Joey. Do you want to leave early? Do you want to not? Are you feeling good? You know, and anyways, that's good. Very helpful. Very, very Two. Helpful. Second thing is communicating with family. So this one probably not so much with Valentine's Day as with the other holidays that, like we talked about yeah. earlier, might be more likely to involve your family, like Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that. But basically, you might need to draw the lines between time that you spend with each other's families and time that you spend with your own family. As a family. As a family. And like yeah. what that looks like because... There's going to be this awkward transition of, oh, and maybe not for everybody because some people, some families didn't My have family does this every traditions year. Your every family year. does that every right. year. But, right, or maybe and some families did nothing every yeah, year, some right? some did nothing. Um, but I think, like, there's going to be this awkward transition of, like, specifically with my family. I'll just use them as, as an example. You know, we had a lot of deep traditions around holidays in my family where there's expectations and both my siblings are younger than me and single and all still very much like abide by those family traditions and things that we always quote unquote do right but then when you and I got married and we wanted to start our own traditions we were kind of the curveball where my family's like well what we're supposed to do this. Like we always do this, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. And we had to have sort of a, we still wanted to be a part of those things. I still wanted to be a part of those things to some extent, but we also had to be realistic about like, okay, well, we're, we're our own family now. We want to create our own traditions and have the time and space to do that because we're not trying to keep up with everybody else's traditions. And so there is this awkward transition period when you get married and you kind of break away from some of the old traditions that your family had and that you were always a part of growing up and create your own as your own new yeah. family. That's not saying that you're throwing all of the family traditions away totally. that you were a part of. Like, don't do that. But there, it's, just it's really, re- recognize really, that there is a transition. Yeah, let's move on. There. But the only thing this is really saying is you are not bound to and obligated to do everything your that you grew up doing Mm -hmm. or that your family wants you to do. You are now 
your own family and you can start on that ground moving forward. And we just want to empower you to do that. So yes. communicate with family and re- really it comes back to like just having that conference like, hey, we're going to leave early on Christmas because we want to read the Christmas story to our kids at home and open a, a gift. Oh, but 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 we always open slippers on 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 tonight, and we gotta wear them around the house and take our slipper photo. Yeah, sorry, like we're we're wanting to do this with our kids, and so communicate that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Anyways, talk about subjects you want to avoid on that day. This is something that's just helpful because you know you don't know until you know, and every mm-hmm. now and then, Aj and I will will say like when we're going somewhere. Okay, we're gonna we're, we're gonna not talk about we're gonna be politics. hanging out with these people. <laughs> or we're gonna not we, talk about we know how this normally goes if we get into this discussion. Mm-hmm. So let's try to avoid that, right? And that's some good expectation management, and we're both on the same page and unified going into the conversation or night or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Four, don't let social media rob you. Big one. Big one. Especially around holidays, especially when everything that everybody is doing for each other around special occasions and holidays is so visible and it can be so easy to compare or, especially if you're female, create expectations. Okay, this is one. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. We were just having a conversation with somebody about this. Jer, maybe you'll remember when I say it, but women tend to see on social media what other women are doing for their spouses or what other women's spouses are doing for them, right? Men tend to not be on Instagram and have no idea what other men are doing for their wives or what other, like they don't get to see a bunch of examples. And so you might have the expectation that like your spouse is going to do something for you or you may see something that some other couple is doing and hope that your spouse does that for you, but your spouse is never going to see that thing because they don't even have an Instagram account. We were talking about this with someone. I can't remember who it was, but essentially like, A, if you see something on social media that's really cool that you saw someone do, don't just let it fester and never talk. Like talk about it with your spouse. Tell your spouse like, hey, I saw that so-and-so did this and this is cool. And like, have a conversation about it. Like, get it out there, right? But also recognize that like, (laughs) this feels so overly cliche and basic to say, but what people post about, specifically around holidays, it's the highlights, right? Like, it's the, you can't let what you're seeing on yeah. these holidays well, it's also, of like the pretty photos and like all the perfect listen, decorations and the perfect yeah. meals deceive you. Because, There's always going to be something better, something prettier, something yes. more magnificent, something grander. And right. it's really a mental battle. And we're guilty of this too. Oh both my gosh, of us. for sure. <laughs> Especially well, because there because always spend... will be. There's always some, I mean, this is a famous like <sighs> athlete, uh, you know, terms, like there will always be someone better than you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like knowing that actually releases you. And so anyways, that's one thing. Don't I want to add one more thing to that. I promise it's short, but with holidays and special occasions, Jared and I usually with most of them are not on social media. Like we will take pictures to remember the day on yes. our phone, yeah, but we later gram everything. Everything is later gram. <laughs> everything is like, okay, yeah, we maybe want to share some of our, our Thanksgiving photo. Or we want to share a Christmas photo, but usually it's like the next day. Hey, we did this yesterday because we want to be, actually be enjoying the moment and that special occasion and special day. 
And that's yeah. what we're talking about yeah. here is making the most of special occasions and special days. So next thing, uh, very basic, but say thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that this can go a long way, especially like, for example, if, you know, we're hosting Thanksgiving and I'm making all the food and cleaning and blah, blah, blah. It can go a long way for Jeremy to just like say, Reco- hey, recognize thank you, you yeah. for doing all this food prep and, you know, making this really special. Or it could go a long way for me to say, Jared, thank you for putting up all the extra lights everywhere for our Christmas party. Like it just, those little things, like the power of a thank you to your spouse can go a really long way. Yeah. It really can. And I think we forget sometimes, especially when you've been married a long time to say thank you for things because you start to expect that your spouse will do his things and your spouse starts to expect that you will do your things. But and then so you forget both, to say thank you because you're like, it's assumed you, that you're just going to do this, right? Both of you start feeling taken advantage of because nobody's recognizing the Instead things you always do. Instead of grateful for each other, which... So, it's fascinating. Just say all of these are simple, but all of them are needed to be said because we so often forget to do the simple things and life is typically built on the back of simple things. Yeah. So. I'm just going to challenge you right now, everyone listening, go after you listen to this podcast and just... Tell your spouse something you're thankful for for them. Yeah. Or say thank you for something that they did for you. We have partnered with Compassion International for this season of the podcast. And if you sponsor a child through our custom link, we will send you a free copy of our new book, Creative Love. There's two ways to do this. You can go to compassion.com backslash Roloff or text Roloff to the number 83393 and uh, sponsor a child and we'll send you a free copy of our new book creative love it can be very small okay okay do you that's want, kind of it do you want those expectation management thing do you want to do the 36 question things, things. Babe, or jump to the five-year anniversary uh what are we at with our time here well i don't know we're 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 we're, we're up there <laughs> i think we just got, i think we briefly talk about it okay really quick. let's we briefly talk about, this. talk about it Maybe we are a couple years ago around yeah. Valentine's Day, and it's this 36 questions that lead to love. And it was this article that came out in New York Times years ago, but basically, it's this study that. Um, well, the big question is can mutual vulnerability foster closeness? Like, can you actually fabricate by asking questions? Can you actually fabricate? Or intentionally pursue or design intimacy mm-hmm. via yeah. like intention, or is it all? Is it always one hundred percent by happenstance? Mm-hmm. Is kind of the concept that they were they were exploring. Um, yeah, and there there's this quote from the article that says one key pattern associated with the development of a close relationship among peers is sustained, escalating reciprocal personal self disclosure, aka being vulnerable with each other. And there's this Timothy Keller quote that I've always loved. That's to be loved, but not known is comforting, but superficial to be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty that life can throw at us. It's Timothy Keller quote, But I think that it relates to this 36 questions that lead to love because basically you are getting, 
it's what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast. We ask questions, right? We're the question people. Yeah. Well, you guys and know that's this. why we want to talk and about this right now. But. It's because questions can often lead to intimacy. And the desire to ask your spouse questions comes from a curiosity, like a curious heart and a desire to be a student of your spouse and always want to be learning more about them. And that is something that's so crucial to relationships. We were talking about this in the live with Ben Higgins that we did the other day. And he basically yeah. summed it up. He's like, so what I'm hearing is basically that you guys are just really passionate about like staying curious. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it really just comes well, down it, to that. It's like, so many people, you know, five, seven, 10 years into marriage, you know, come across this feeling or this thought of like, man, I just like, I don't feel in love. Like I don't feel that burn. And part of me wants to kind of just ask them, well, when's the last time you asked your spouse a question? In other words, when's the last time you've acted like you cared? Yeah, 100%. Because that's really what asking questions are. It is actively engaging in Trying your spouse to understand. in their life. And it's continually doing so. Why? Because we're always changing. And mm-hmm. me this year is much different than me last year. And if Audrey hasn't asked me a question in three years, she, I mean, she thinks she might know me, but she really doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. She might know me because we live in the same house and sleep in the same bed, but she doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating questions really do cut through so much noise and to a depth that is that we don't expect. Mm-hmm. So they're and really they're really powerful tools. And if there's one thing you guys get out of this podcast, I think it, this episode rather should be questions have immense power. And so utilize them. And shameless plug, but creative love is literally a book full of questions that you can ask. Well, and so is the marriage journal. Yeah. Like and, we just in the yeah, marriage journal. If you guys have, it, if obviously. you guys do not do the marriage journal yet, I really encourage you to give it a shot, or at least read some of the reviews. We are continually humbled by just how it has totally transformed people's marriages. Mm-hmm. People that have been married thirty years saying, "Like, oh my goodness, I feel like I just I didn't met, know I needed to be asking these questions." <laughs> or I just that one from a couple of weeks ago. I just feel like I met my husband for the first time. Mm. Is like, holy smokes. So mm-hmm. the marriage journal is an incredible tool because it's six weekly questions that you ask your spouse and they're really basic, but they cut, they get there, they do mm-hmm. the job. And yes. so give it a go. Um, shameless, shameless plug yeah, because, we, because we believe in it. Uh, so going back to the 36 questions that leads to love, I thought I would just read a couple of them in case you might want to take any of them for your Valentine's date night. Add a little intimacy into your date night by staying curious and asking some questions they actually break them down into set one two and three and so it's like you know if you're on a first date valentine's date night maybe stick with the set one questions if you've been married for 10 years maybe you can jump to the set three questions uh but set one here's just a few examples i'll give like a couple from each uh given the choice of anyone in the world whom would you want as a dinner guest what would you constitute a perfect day for you uh, those are a couple from the first one. What do, or here's another one. What for what in your life do you feel the most grateful for? If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Okay, here's set two. What do you value most in a friendship? What is your most treasured memory or most terrible memory? What roles do you love? What roles do you love and affection? What roles do love and affection play in your life that's getting deep uh 
alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Okay, that's from set two. So set three. So you're you're just babe. You're kind of I don't know if people are tracking because like I'm barely tracking. So you're. I'm just, just giving a few examples. You're sharing from some the random questions, questions, but the the idea of this exercise of the thirty six question exercise is you start with a set of questions that are kind of like surfacey. And then you and then you move to set or two. Or maybe you don't move to set two. That like that could be too much, you know. Exactly. You might do set two or at a different time. Or maybe you just jump straight to set three. And then three. you do set three. And you progressively learn more and more in depth about someone. And the study showed that like people inevitably fell in love mm-hmm. because of the intention that and the no, the knowledge of each other that was happening through these set of questions. Mm-hmm. And people were falling in love. And, so, and they also coupled it with that four minute stare thing. I don't remember if you did yeah. that before or after it, but basically yeah. they had people stare each other in the eyes for four minutes yeah. well, straight let, without let me, talking let me or read, saying Let me anything. read the quote. So the this is a staring quote. thing? Yeah, a quote about the staring thing. I've skied steep slopes and hung from a rock face by a short length of rope, but staring into someone's eyes for four silent minutes was one of the more thrilling and terrifying experiences of my life. I spent the first couple of minutes just trying to breathe properly. There was a lot of nervous smiling until eventually we settled in. I know the eyes are the windows to the soul or whatever, but the real crux of the moment was not just that I was really seeing someone, but that I was seeing someone really seeing me. Once I embraced the terror of this realization and gave it time to subside, I arrived somewhere unexpected. Super interesting. Um, I think it reminds me also of the fear of being cheesy thing. Like, for we've sure. never done this. We've never stared each other in Holy the eyes for four smokes. minutes straight. I dare you. Sheesh. But I think that it's like this, oh, we'd be embarrassed or that would be awkward or that would be just or, really or, cheesy or thing or to do classic, so we don't try it. Or the classic, why would I do that? Why yeah. would we do that? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, well, you're asking the totally wrong question. Right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Going really, back to the 36 question, I'll yeah. read the final or a few examples from the set three just so you can get a flavor. This is one that I always wanted to do with you, babe, but we haven't done it yet. Make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both feeling blank. So like you would make three true we statements and I would make three true, true we statements. Hmm. We are both feeling tired. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are both wanting to ski this yeah, weekend. Exactly. Uh, when did you last cry in front of another person? And when did you last cry by yourself? Getting really deep. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Um, hmm. Your house containing everything you own catches on fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? Yeah. Interesting. What would it be for well, you, babe? Let's let's go on. Do you know? Um I don't know. We got Pine the Kitty, we got all the family. If you go I mean, to pro- back for probably one, some sort of hard hard drive. Or, photos yeah photos of some kind but those are probably all in the cloud like you could get those yeah, somewhere sheesh you wouldn't get a physical thing i don't know what i would get a um, letterbox from the safe yeah maybe that i'd drag the safe out with my bare hands <laughs> i'd probably just go up and grab a piece of ember's art or something i don't know okay <laughs> <laughs> what i don't okay. know um beating 50 percent 
is yes. five years old, just about. Yeah. Really, really exciting. In we we thought a it'd be days yeah. We on thought, Valentine's Day. We thought it'd be fun to just kind of go through a memory lane for those of you that have been with us and have maybe forgotten about some of this stuff. Yeah. So, if you have been with us since the day that we launched Beating 50% on Valentine's Day five years ago, will you let us know yeah. on Beating 50% today in the comments? Send us a DM. We just want to know and like connect with you because we appreciate you so much. Um, if any of you guys remember, yeah, we just thought it'd be fun to do like a little reminiscing. So how we it did, started. Remember we did the thunderclap? Yeah, we did a thunderclap to launch. I don't even know why we did that. Like, because it was why? a thing and we thought it'd be, it would get good momentum, but a big <laughs> thunderclap. We had a lot of people get on it and join it. And I don't even remember how that worked, but. And in the thunderclap, we had people for the first time write mm-hmm. a post and share a post of their three sentence love stories. So this became a well inconsequence or unintended tradition, basically. That we did every Valentine's Day and we're gonna do this year as well. Which but is which is a three that, sentence you need to explain that what that is in case people don't we'll, even know. We'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. On that launch, we also launched the Beating Fifty Percent website and blog with the hope of encouraging and equipping couples to give more to their relationships and ultimately to date intentionally, pursue creatively and love faithfully. And, and the blog was, I mean, we, I remember we worked so hard on that gosh. blog, designing it, mapping it out, everything, the him posts, the her posts, the we, we like, posts, we the like learning photos, new, the new graphics tools. we were coding. And then we had to have a certain amount of blogs up before we launched. So it didn't just look like we had no content. And we were writing a blog a week for yeah. so Looking years. back, like, gosh, I can't But believe. we didn't have a podcast or any of the other things. You know, we no kids. Books. And we were, no we were like there cranking. And I mean, we were we just had a interviewing drug. a lot of like couples and just spending a lot of time with like older people so we were just learning so much like we were just sponges and we just had to share it so it didn't really feel as burdensome at the time but yeah yeah crazy so crazy to think back on and when we did do that launch we also threw a big party at a portland wine bar and invited our friends to come and if you guys remember that big group photo i made like like relationship uh you, I we, took we, photographs of a bunch of friends and made like these composite photos of them, printed them all out. And we and the show filmed it, babe. Remember, this was, whole thing was filmed in like an episode. Yeah, it was. Google. It was also kind of a way to like combine your skills of how do we pull photography into this like mission and thing that we really want to do, beating fifty percent. But at the time, it was this weird transition for us where yeah. Jeremy was still doing commercial photography and like doing video and photo jobs. But we are just starting beating 50%. And we're like, well, can we merge the two? Maybe Jeremy takes yeah. photos of couples that like are beautiful and co- beautiful composites that represent their love story in some way. Yeah. And you did that for like seven different couples, I think. I think so. And we displayed them all in this art gallery. It was actually really awesome. And I know it was part of an episode too. But um, yeah, that was really cool. We had all of our fr- friends and family yeah. write out their three sentence love stories that day too. And we had like a photo booth and... They put them up on Polaroids on this like wall. Shortly after that, we launched the seven day marriage challenge, right? Via text messages. Mm-hmm. And I think we had over 30,000 of you join that and go through that challenge, which is just incredible and crazy to think back on. I still remember when we were in Santa Barbara for I think it was when Ty, your friend Ty, got married. And we were back in Santa Barbara visiting and we were just sitting at this coffee shop and this guy came up to us and he goes, 
he just started crying. Do you remember this? No. And he was like, Oh, yeah. I went through your seven day marriage challenge and it, I've never prayed with my spouse before. And it totally and changed, it our changed our relationship. Mar- yeah. Saved our marriage, changed. It was why He yeah. was like a we grown like, man older than us. We were like young. Maybe years like, into marriage. Like, yeah. He, he had kids, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And that was like, we were like, holy smokes, like, Lord, is this affirming like, moment. It was a super affirming moment for what we were trying to build and do. Yeah. The seven day marriage challenge was actually really cool. Yeah, I had we a bunch should, of videos. We should, bring, we should bring something like that back. It was like videos every day yeah. with challenges and scripture and encouragement. And it was pretty short and attainable, like seven days to go through something. But it actually had you asking questions and doing things to kind of just like jolt this energy into your marriage to kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Get you starting trying talking about things that you maybe have never before. I don't know. It was really cool. I would like to bring it back, babe, somehow. Maybe. Yeah, we will. Maybe. The whole text messaging thing, though, was a customer yeah, we'll, service nightmare. We'll, we'll probably do it via email <laughs> this time. Uh, what else? Well, shortly oh, after good that, old Navigators Council. Shortly after that, we launched Navigators Council, which was the fir- which was basically version one of the Marriage Journal. Pink and black yeah. pink pages. Sheesh. But again, like I was learning InDesign and, you know, marrying my Photoshop skills with design efforts and like, man, such a fun transition period. And but. we were learning how to self-publish. Like that was our yeah, first we were self-published book. We self-published it. And we had to figure all that out. It was our first time really writing something that we knew was going to have more permanence to it. Yeah. It wasn't just a blog post that we could delete or change, you know? Yep. And we were also buying inventory for the first time. We were like, what do we like? Yeah. We were just learning so much. This is also right when we started Weekend I Do's. We started Weekend I Do's oh, a little bit that- earlier. We started Weekend I Do's kind of in the beginning of launching Beating 50%. But basically, Weekend I Do's was this idea that we had where, you know, it's this idea to keep living out your I Do's, to keep living out your promise. Yeah. Every on a day to day basis. Like over the weekend, how are you pursuing the promise of I do? Right. How are you living out I do? And essentially what it kind of turned into was this curation of date nights and date night ideas. So people would basically post whatever they were doing to live out their idea on the weekend. Maybe it was a conversation they had with their spouse or something they did with their spouse. And it ended up being just like this curation of ideas. And the hashtag has like 30,000 different weekend I do's yeah. on it now or something, um, which is pretty fun. Those are cool to look back on. I, we still do those weekend I do's. Yeah. We still look at them. We still share your guys' weekend I do's, and that's really fun. If you guys have never posted a weekend I do's before, you should. Yeah. Uh, Around this time, we were also doing some, we did some speaking engagements. We did a few really small speaking engagements that were. Before we decided that we weren't going to do those anymore and to this date we have said no and declined every single one Mm -hmm. just because it's something we said we're not going to do in this season of life and this young and also with kids traveling and all the stuff we just said that's one thing we're going to refrain from until we feel like Mm -hmm. that we should be doing something like that but yeah uh but yeah we did we did do a couple of those, and while we were doing those, we would also do meetups, like marriage meetups, beating 50% meetups, and those were really fun. Like, I remember we did one in uh, Atlanta, or no, Asheville. 
when we went and did that speaking engagement in Asheville. Well, we also did one in the that, social club, right? We did that eating 50% meetup at the Sierra Nevada brewery and like all these married couples came to yeah. random married couples and they all lived in Asheville. So they connected with each other, which was cool. Yeah. And literally we were just there drinking beers and like hanging out and playing yeah, man, like long games like or whatever. Too. Um, but we've done some of those beating 50 meetups. We did one in Philly when they were, we were in Philadelphia. We did one in Nashville at the, mm-hmm. uh, that cool bowling alley place in yep. Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we've been, met some of you guys at some of those. So that, that was all, that was a fun thing. Obviously we've been traveling a lot less in the past couple of years, but we did you, do YouTube for a hot minute, but that got quickly shut down. Yeah. We started <laughs> doing YouTube, but was unable to continue let's just say because of the show and stuff but it's something things it's something we've always wanted to pick back up it's just so much work and we love the idea of it especially we've always i've always said when we buy a farm we'll start a youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) and that still might be the case so maybe maybe sometime really soon but because we're on the hunt but we also, around that time, launched the Love is a Verb sweatshirts, which was... Yeah. Those are the OG sweatshirts. I actually did a post Instagram story about that the other day, and someone had shared, tagged wearing their Love is a Verb sweatshirt, which was the floral design thing that you made, babe. Oh, yeah. in black and gray. That, and I still love that design. I think that's still one of my favorite items we ever People were saying, you guys should bring them back. I think, I mean, they're definitely like a, vi- a vibe. I mean, There's we could just make them say love more. The love more Like, sweatshirts. instead of yeah. is a verb, it would just say more on the bottom. It but. is funny that then years later we have made love more sweatshirts and, like, we didn't really, it wasn't, like, one stem from the other. They were, like, kind of separate, which is crazy. Uh, okay, then, of course, from there, in more recent years, you know, being 50% community definitely helped us launch our first book, A Love Their yeah. Life. So many of you guys were on our launch team and were a part of that. Um, which has then, and also around that same time, we started this podcast, um, which is kind of like the the new blog, if you will. You know, our yeah. weekly episodes of the podcast kind of became what our weekly blogs years ago were. Um, so we've just kind of shifted platforms a little bit. But we thought it'd be fun to go down that memory lane with you guys for a little bit and reminisce because it's just wild for us to look back at something that we've been doing and building for five years together yeah. that you guys have been a part of and it's changed a lot, but really its mission has stayed the same and so many of you guys have yeah. stayed in it with us. Well, and, like, and we also have so, I mean, we've been growing. We have so many new listeners yeah. and new people on Beating 50 and that's kind of a an interesting segue to something we weren't planning on saying, but we are really excited for this coming year. We've got some new faces we want to bring into the beating 50% community, some new ideas, some new content, Mm uh, and maybe some new people joining us on the podcast in a more regular, uh, on a more regular basis and just growing this thing, continuing to grow it to serve you guys beyond Jaron Odge, beyond Mm -hmm. us. And Mm so, we're really excited for that because ultimately we feel like it's just a better way to serve you guys and the community and people that want to uh, just live the love story that they would want read back to them. Yes. And so, yeah, we're excited. Speaking of love stories that you want read back to them. So 
Now for the fun, exciting giveaway that we wanted to announce to you guys. Of course, this year, we want to invite you guys again to share your three-sentence love stories and flood the internet with real love stories on Valentine's Day because it's fun and cool, but also um, it's going to be a cool, fun giveaway that we are going to be doing with that. So basically, if you post your three-sentence love story on Instagram on Valentine's Day and tag beating 50% and use the hashtag three-sentence love story, then one winner is going to be entered to win a $300 Airbnb gift card so you can go on a little getaway with your spouse and a Zoom call double date double date night Zoom call with Jeremy and I, as well as both of our books and both of our journals. So you will get The Marriage Journal and Memories of Us. You will get A Love Our Life and Creative Love and the Airbnb gift card and a double date night Zoom call with us. Yeah. So one winner will win that, but we also are going to give four additional winners both the books and both the journals. So four additional winners winners will win uh, A Love Our Life, Creative Love, Memories of Us, and The Marriage Journal. So all you have to do to enter again is post your three sentence love story with a picture of you and your spouse. Use the hashtag three sentence love story and tag beating 50%. You can tag Jeremy and I too, if you want us to see it, um, throw it up in your Instagram story so we can reshare it. We would love to see them. We literally read all of them. We love reading them every year. It's so fun. Yes. If you don't tag at beating 50%, and you don't hashtag three sentence love story, yeah, you're, not you're not entered. We will not <laughs> tagging us is just a bonus to make sure we see it. Yes. But if you don't tag beating 50 and do hashtag three sentence love story, then we will not see it and you are not entered. Yes. And so here's an example. We'll give you our examples of our three sentence love story. Joe, you read yours yeah, first. We're coming up on crazy time, babe. So let's read through them quick. Here's my three sentence love story. We met on a blind date before church and I fell in love. She did not. We were friends for a year. I told my mom I was going to marry this girl, but it was another two years of pursuit. A couple hundred campfires and truck rides later, I asked her to be mine 10 days before moving to California, and our love endured, and on September 20th, 2014, we started our forever. We were freshmen in college when our good friend set us up on a blind date before church. And from that day forward, he was patiently persistent. I was stubborn and guarded. After a two-year friendship, he said, will you be mine? Up on the railroad tracks. And that's when we began three years of writing each other letters on our typewriters while we endured a long-distance relationship. Our long-distance relationship ended in an unbreakable covenant on September 20th, 2014. And since then, we've continued to grow in oneness, godliness, and more in love. Always more. I feel like we need to like update these now too. Yeah. Hashtag three sentence love story at beating Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so go go and enter. Yeah. Um ask your spouse some questions this Valentine's Day. Look up the 36 questions that lead to love. We'll link it on our podcast blog, theroloffs.com. You can go to our podcast blog to see the links to anything that we talk about in the episodes. Yeah. So make sure you go there for referencing any of these questions we've talked about. Yep. You can also find the PDF that we created at the for special occasions there as well and at the Um And again, just a reminder, if you want to get a free copy of our book, Creative Love, you can sign up to sponsor a compassion child. When you go to compassion.com backslash roll off, you have to go to that specific link and sign up to sponsor a compassion child. You'll get a free copy of our book, Creative Love. Or you can text 
Roloff to 83393. And you sponsor a child, and we'll send you a book that way as well. Again, we have 61 children sponsored so far this season. Our goal is 300. Please help us get there. Yes. We want to bless 300 kids this podcast season. We are at 61. So sponsor a child. It is, I think, around $38 a month and will totally revolutionize a kid's life. So yes. let's do this. Hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day. Cheers. <laughs>